0: I'm a handshake and take it, I'm a spud with a play. i remember cooking skater day by day. I ain't your average quitter, I don't put up a golf. I'm doing the best I can. The trump Tater, don't be a hater. I'm hot out the oven. nothing
1: but love for you.
2: Welcome to the Trump Terror this fantastic Monday morning. And I'm not for sure if we should announce the holiday. Should we announce the holiday?
3: The Indigenous People Day?
2: Yeah. Or Columbus Day, depending on how, you know, which perspective you're coming from. And, you know, this is, I mean, we could spend the whole day talking about this particular subject. And and I'm I'm kind of throwing Dallin off because we didn't talk about it. Nope, let's just go with it. We're winging it, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, it could even be a split holiday. I'm not opposed to honoring our Native American um, people here in the in in the United States and, and uh, also looking back at some of the definitive tragedies that uh, the colonization had on the Native Americans. But I, I don't feel like it should totally come at the expense by labeling all the European uh, Columbus and the others uh, you know, is is absolutely horrible people. Because I, th- I think we got to put things in perspective of historical times, what was going on, and and, um, and the fact that it was an incredible discovery. Whether he landed directly in the United States or not, discovering the Americas was an incredible discovery.
3: Yeah, um, have you know who um, Tim Ballard is? I do. Have you read that book that he has on Columbus? I forget what it's called, Discovering Columbus. Or, or I have not. You, have you heard like, his Killing Lincoln, the, um, yeah. those ones? So, mm-hmm. um, well,
2: killing Oh, no, no, like, sorry. It's it, the
3: Lincoln hypothesis. Okay. It, so it, his is the Columbus hypothesis or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, my, my mom has read it and recommended that I read it. I haven't been able to yet, but um, supposedly it gives a very good look. Because especially more recently, we have heard more and more kind of the negative stories of, of Columbus. Um, I remember in high school not hearing any of that and just thinking Columbus was a hero until I got into college and then realizing, like, wait a second, I didn't know that. I didn't know this, you know? So <laughs> it wasn't until I got older that I started hearing more of the negative. So I don't know if that's, that's you know, a thing on education. But anyways, the, the Ballard book really points out a lot of the... Um, almost the, the perfectly lined up things that had to happen in order for Columbus to really have success like he did in, in colonizing the Americas.
2: Yeah. So, again, I mean, I, I think I think you can look in, at both perspectives and you don't have to totally get rid of one to honor the other. And uh, so I think there's a, there's a combination there that we could definitely look at in America by having, honoring Columbus.
3: It's the Pilgrim Hypothesis. Excuse me. Okay, the the Pilgrim, Pilgrim Hypothesis by Tim Ballard.
2: Okay. So, do, you, do you have some? No, I'll have, to, I'll have to read
3: it. I'll have to read it more. Okay,
2: you should yeah. read it before today. I know,
3: I know. You, well, you know what? <laughs> That's what happens when you give me five minute heads up. Okay. No, well, I'm well we to finish we, the book. Yeah,
2: we may come back and address this at the end of our show and talk a little bit about, more about Columbus and and some of the. I mean, it's not like a, he came over here with just this saint. You know, this group of saints. He was given prisoners to bring over as his crew in the discovery of America. So, you know, they probably weren't the best Europeans that he brought over, so there were some problems with that. But uh, the discovery of the Americas as a whole is incredible discovery, what was able to uh, come to pass. I mean, it's... America's, uh, I don't know, with all of our faults, we're the greatest experiment of humankind and uh, so we can't overlook that but i i think we can definitely do better at putting history in perspective mm-hmm. and including both the negative and the positive aspects of some of the early american history and uh, painting a balanced perspective i think definitely we probably were far too simple in our you know celebration of some of our uh, holidays such as columbus day and to add some balance to that but to totally you know do this pendulum swing from one extreme to the other. I think that's where we mess up in society and uh, not coming up with that balance.
3: Yeah. There's something to that whole not discrediting um, history. You know, history may not always be how we want to remember it, but that doesn't mean we need to go back and change it. You know, I see the same thing with regardless of how you feel about the statues being torn down. You know, you're doing a lot more damage than just tearing down a, a piece of history. You know, you're, you're really removing it. And and you're also taking away the pigeons' homes.
2: Exactly. You know how
3: many homeless <laughs> pigeons we have now in parks? and.
2: Yeah. Well, in, in Portland <laughs> this weekend, they tore down two statues. But anyway, we're going to go on. We have yeah. s- we have a good hot take so, today. So
3: speaking of experiments, let's talk about <laughs> this experiment to get some more voters. So in honor of the, the naked ballot laws, did you see this Hollywood... Uh, Experiment that they did?
2: I did not. But you told me about it. I was a little bit nervous about looking it up.
3: Yeah. Well, and you've got to be careful what you search for on But I have
2: one that's going to top you, though, so go ahead.
3: So celebrities um, really trying to remain relevant, such as Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, Mark uh, Ruffalo. The, who, who are those? Um, comedians, celebrities, Hollywood. Uh, Chelsea Handler, Chris Rock. They've all teamed up for this um, PSA about mail-in voting on these naked ballots, right? And they do it by getting naked in front of a camera and telling you to vote. And um, it it was met with a lot of um, crazy reactions, strange reactions, uh, mocking, criticism. um, But, you know, the whole—it was created by a a company called Represent Us. Um, They're self-described as nonpartisan, and they're focused on voting rights. So they they get these uh, celebrities in front of the camera and they get them buck naked and their powerful message while being naked is to go out and vote, um, and yeah, it's it's what <laughs> strategy, right? Oh
2: my gosh, they're they're struggling. I mean, they haven't been able to make movies in a while.
3: Yeah, and but... so
2: they, they've got to do something to keep us keep them in our minds. And boy, that's something you might want to. Get out of your mind after seeing it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yes,
2: (laughs) but you know, crazy. You you mentioned to me what their purpose was. Who was their target audience?
3: Uh, Oh, that's the crazy thing is, is um, they they say their target audience obviously is males, but then the producer, um, I think what's his name? I I just read it, Paul something. Anyways, um, this Paul Fox, excuse me, Paul Fox from Represent Us says that their target audience was the black man. Saying that uh, they wanted to target target a more specific, smaller demographic within the subset of potential black male voters, and so she chose the center of the video, the center of the videos in Atlanta's booming strip club scene.
2: Yeah, I I find this and and we're going to get on into my fabulous weekend because I spent the weekend in D.C. with the most incredible people ever. And uh, so I find this insulting for so many reasons. One, the blackmail vote is leaning towards Trump. Yeah. In high numbers, higher than they've ever been.
3: How desperate, though? Yeah. Isn't this a form of... This is like a sign of of desperate vote-getting, like...
2: Desperate racist vote-getting.
3: Right. But can you imagine... So 2020 has been crazy, right? Let's look back and, and, you know, if we fast-forward 20 years... And we're sitting here and our kids are telling their newborns and, and their small kids, you know, about 2020. And what a crazy year that was. You know, we had this. We had the pandemic. And then we had Joe Biden, who literally his campaign got naked to get votes.
2: <laughs> yeah. well, they like, say it, they're it, non-partisan, You know, what, you but... know it kind of goes with Joe Biden's whole theme. I mean, he, he gets into those things, I think.
3: Yeah, that's funny. I mean, that's... It,
2: the whole Despacito. Ta- so
3: now you and... have <laughs> naked women or strippers advocating get your booty to more than one type of pole, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're saying to get to all these types of poles. Um, So anyways, yeah, it's, it's,
2: I don't know. Well, I'm going to remind our, uh, our listeners out there of 2018, because as crazy as that is, I think 2018 was a little crazier because these women went to the White House and they went in dresses with no underwear on. What women? Liberal women who wanted to scream at Trump through their vaginas.
3: That's a thing, huh?
2: That's a thing. They'd pull they they got in a circle all facing outwards, lifted up their dresses and yelled from inside at Trump. And if if this is feminism, I don't want anything to do with it. It's pretty scary. So I mean it's crazy. What did they say? You know, let me not care, so anyway, <laughs> it, for audience who's a little bit nervous about looking this up, it was published june twenty eighth two thousand and eighteen, and it was women uh, screaming through their vaginas to protest the president um, so i don 't really know what their vaginas said other than how angry they were. Uh, the people uh, oh here it is oh. This was a tagline. These are the people who want to control the government and teach our children. Yeah, they're kind of scary, and these are the same people that are out protesting our new Supreme Court nominee. Who? Um, so anyway, that that that's what we're dealing with with Hollywood and these crazy nuts on the left.
3: Wow. So I guess regardless of how you feel about this ad campaign, get your booty to the polls. <laughs>
2: Yep. And uh and register to vote. If you're not registered vote and don't uh don't let the polls that's another terminology, don't let the polls out there scare you because there's so many people who aren't answering these polls and I, I think Trump's gonna win in a landslide. What is your thought down there?
3: Yeah, we'll get into that right when we get back with the Trump Tater. <laughs>
4: That's
0: 800-215-5141.
3: Welcome back to the Trump Tater Podcast. I'm Dallin here with Jamie. Jamie had a busy weekend. She was off partying in in the streets of D.C. Um, It was a mostly peaceful protest, right?
2: Oh, I,
3: I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what side you're acting, because I let me tell you from my point of view. So you're in DC, and I'll let you, you tell our listeners about okay. it in your experience. But um, you're in DC, and I watched you um, Saturday, or uh, excuse me, Sunday morning on the news because okay. this, this uh, rally was on Saturday, right in yeah. DC. So Sunday morning, I saw all about the rally. I, I saw pictures of everyone wearing the blue shirts. Um, but the, the headlines of the news were, Infected Trump Speaks to Thousands. Oh, my
2: goodness, yeah. So. That, that just kills me because, I mean, here we were down on the White House lawn, and he was up on the balcony. The balcony,
3: I saw. Yeah. Even from the cameras, I thought, what a
2: stupid headline. He, he, he came out with his mask on. So once he was at the podium by himself, he took yeah. his mask off. He wasn't within 20 feet of anyone when he took his mask off.
3: You know, for the man so. that gets criticized of not trusting science enough, all science seems to go out the window when he oh, talks, Oh, I, right?
2: I have a story on science right now that we'll, we'll get to after my wonderful weekend. It's not
3: six feet, it's <laughs> yeah. 60 feet.
2: But, you know, one of the things, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and get into this, and I'll get into the other, is we talked about the trade-off. All coronaviruses, it's a trade-off for one yeah. thing or another, and— uh, so I have several family members that uh, think that I'm too casual in my approach to coronavirus, but my feeling has been from the beginning that we're, people are going to die. Millions of people are going to die with the way that we've handled this because our food chain is going to be messed up, which means it's going to impact the poorest of poor people. And I've got to not get emotional on this because this just still breaks my heart that we've been so ignorant uh, the world leaders have been so ignorant on this. And I think Trump's the only one that really understood that, you know, you can't stop an economy. You can't stop production and not see impact. But there, there's going to be so much hunger that's involved because of our food chain supply that's been disrupted. And so who is actually coming out now saying, stop shutting down the economies?
3: <laughs> yeah, the World Health Organization. Yeah. Yeah, the the spokesperson. Yeah, the, for the very world.
2: people who said, we've got to stop, we've got to shut yeah. down economies, we got to... And they did this only to impact Trump. I really believe that. But now they're seeing the impact that millions of people are going to die. Economic
3: it's, impact, you mean?
2: Well, not even economic impact. I'm talking about the actual... Well, this is economics, but the people who are going to suffer are the people who depend on... Donations, world, you know, supply, food supplies.
3: Yeah, so the economy struggles, and and that is a form of the economy. You know, granted, they're living off the support or, or, you know, that form of it or that side of it. But, yeah, when that struggles, of course, those poor or worse off people are going to...
2: Feel the impacts. Yeah. So millions will die because of this. I mean, and, and the world has done so good in the last 30 years of cutting world hunger back to very minimal. I mean, we've really... Uh, have made incredible strides in making sure that people aren't dying of hunger. Yeah. And uh, this is going to be a big impact. But anyway, back to my yeah, weekend. Yeah, let's go,
3: let's go back to it.
2: Yeah, so this weekend I met in D.C. with some of the most fantastic people. And as many of you might know from listening to our podcast or who've known me over the years, my passion over the last 20, 21 years has been reach out, Republican reach out to black Americans. And... For multiple reasons, one, it's just, you know, it's the right thing to do for our party, and uh, it's the right thing to do for America because this divide that we have in the with the Black American vote—ten percent Republican, ninety percent Democrat—has really created a divide in America,
3: Hmm.
2: and uh, where we're not working together on solving some of our solutions that impact our fellow Americans. So these were conservative blacks black Americans, and Latinos from all over the United States that flew in from California, Arizona, Texas, Boston, Philadelphia, I mean, just everywhere. I think there was people that represented every state and Puerto Rico too. Wow. Uh, Matter of fact, the Puerto Rican patriot now lives in Ogden, Utah. She was from California. Really? Yeah. And I I told her, I said, "You got to do a podcast." And so, anyway, she may be doing a podcast with us. Um, But anyway, these were just. Incredible people. Was she the
3: one that was at that uh, rally a few weeks ago that I met. Um, she spoke at the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I
2: think she was. Yeah. So any, really anyway, cool lady. Just fantastic, beautiful people from all over the United States that have heartfelt convictions that we have to support our police officers and that that uh, we can't defund the police, and so that's what our purpose was, is coming together. And so I'll I'll talk just shortly about the march, because I think the march is the reason that we all came together. Uh, But then before the march, we went to the White House, we did some other things, but the march itself was to support our law enforcement. And so you had, now the streets of Washington, D.C. are quite wide, so we're not talking just Ogden City Street, we're talking four or five-lane street, and we were two, three blocks of people, wow, packed, and uh, city blocks, and so not short blocks, but city blocks, two, three blocks of people marching, and there was police lined up all along the sidewalk. Uh, they're monitoring uh, because this is a, uh, you know, it semi-pro. It's not a protest, but a rally or a march, and so you had police there supporting, making sure things didn't. Uh, get out of control and that people were safe. And and uh, so as we walked by each of these police officers, you had always five, six, seven people saying, we're doing this for you. We appreciate you. We're grateful for the service you give. And you could see the look in so many of these police officers' eyes. They, tears were starting to swell up, and they and there's a lot of gratitude there. And, and most of the police officers there in D.C., I would say, at least 50% were uh, black Americans. Wow. And uh, so, and you see that throughout in Portland and other places where these black Americans in police uniforms are being yelled at by the Antifa protesters and Black Lives Matter protesters, and how disheartening that has to be for them. As well, so but I mean it was it was it was powerful, and other than one block, we had one block of some what I would consider agitators that were yelling and calling these black Americans Uncle Toms and Coons and and uh, really race traitors. Um, but for the most part, I would say it was eighty five percent positive response from those on the street, giving us thumbs up and telling us, "Hey, great great message." And uh, so this is in D.C. Now, granted, the streets in D.C. are empty, so there wasn't a ton of people out there. But the people that were out there were overwhelmingly very positive of the message that we were bringing. um, And, of course, I was was there just because I wanted to witness what I consider to be a movement that is going to take over America and one that will save America. Uh, is more more black Americans and Latino Americans come out against socialism, come out against this whole ridiculous notion that we should defund our police departments.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm sure that was so gratifying for you, you know, being able to participate in that after years and years of 20, you know, 20-plus years of of your efforts, that has to be, you know, a highlight of, of, um, of all those efforts, being able to be that up and close to a, president that you support, but also what a nice change of scenery and how gratifying it must've been for, like you said, the law enforcement officers in that area, you know, they, they haven't been strangers to rallies recently. and, And most of the rallies that they've had to be part of have unfortunately been very anti what they, what they do, you know, um, or anti their existence as a whole. So, um, it has to be gratifying, especially for, you know, the law enforcement officers that, needed that, you know, that it's a high stress we've talked about this before, how many times, but it's gotta be such a tough job. So to know that they have the backing and support of the public, not only in that area, but from all over the United States has to be you know, feel good. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and I think the impact, Dallin, and we're going to get into this more in our next segment, because I was there to observe. This was not my day. This was a day for me to witness something great taking place. And I say that because the message that was being sent was being sent from people of color that... We support the police department, and we support our law enforcement. And that message, I think, needed to be heard because we oftentimes are are told that people of color want the police department to You have to choose
3: one. Yeah. Yeah, You have to choose your side. So
2: anyway, we'll be back on the Trump-tater and talk more about this incredible rally that I was able to participate in. And we'll see you in a minute.
0: USA
4: Radio News with Tim Berg. The Senate Judiciary Committee is beginning the confirmation hearing for Supreme Court Justice nominee Amy Coney Barrett. Democratic vice presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris serves on the Judiciary Committee and will participate remotely in the hearings. As far as what to expect in the hearings, Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley.
0: They can't attack her personally, but they're sure going to go after her her strict construction of laws and the Constitution,
1: because they don't like that.
4: President Trump has a full campaign scheduled this week after his recovery from the coronavirus. He'll hit the key swing states of Florida and Pennsylvania today and Tuesday, followed by events in Iowa and North Carolina Wednesday and Thursday. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden with two stops today in Ohio and also taking part in a town hall on Thursday. This is USA Radio
0: News. Welcome to Tax Talk with Hollywood legend, Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800-832-1594.
4: The curfew in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee, ends today. It's been an unusual few days for people in one neighborhood since the Wisconsin National Guard started showing up every night with Humvees and armored trucks to protect the city from rioting. This man had people rioting and trespassing in his yard, and he decided he had had enough.
0: I was frustrated. I was fed up, and uh, really, the last straw was looking out my window and seeing the gentleman on uh, the motorcycle riding through my lawn, and, and something in me clicked, and I said uh, internally, "No more!" and came running out my house and was prepared to confront whatever it was that it was going to confront.
4: Jason Fritz speaking there on Fox News. Riders in Portland Sunday night toppled statues of former presidents Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln. The rampage in a portion of downtown also saw criminals smash windows at Portland State University's police office, the Oregon Historical Society, and a number of other businesses. USA Radio News.
3: <music> Welcome back to the trump Dater Podcast. I'm Dallin here with Jamie. Uh, Jamie, let's go back into some Washington, D.C. Okay. Tell, let, let, let's go into the, the, uh, more of the speech side.
2: Well, okay, well, we'll let, let me get, start with my day. We, we started at the hotel. We marched over to the other. We p- picked up our back, the blue T-shirts. And President Trump had a gift for everyone, and he gave us an original 45 Make America Great hat. So I was totally excited about that because I haven't had one.
3: Hand signed with COVID by himself, right?
2: <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> then we then we marched over to the grass area outside outside of the White House, and we had a couple of teleprompters, and we had Candace Owens speak, we had Brandon Tatum speak, and we had Larry Elder speak to us. Yeah. And uh, so anyway a lot of positive motivational and Brandon Tatum. I really liked the the story he gave. He talked about, he was a football player mm-hmm. and there was this one team that they went particularly easy on because they weren't that good of a team and they always beat them by 40 to zero. Was
3: it Ogden high?
2: No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> was, yeah. They you missed real. my Friday I, episode. I, yeah. I, I
3: talked about how we went, uh, uh, we didn't win a game my senior year. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead.
2: But Ogden high did pretty good. Yeah. We this year. Up, yeah. Now, now we're good. Yeah. So anyway, um, Oh, man, Yeah, you threw me off. Sorry, sorry. So Brandon anyway, Tatum, So he, he was talking about, uh, and this coach of this one team one year wouldn't share their videos or something. I guess that's kind of a courtesy that teams do is share videos. And uh, so they decided, hey, we're going to go all out. There's no, no, no stopping. And so they ended up beating them like 90 to zero that year. And uh, so he, he was using that in line to the Democrats trying to cheat with this mail-in voting. And we need to be all in. There's no mercy. Mm. We need to, as as conservatives, as people who just love America, moderates, people who don't want to see us go into socialism, we need to go all out. No mercy. We need to just go out and vote, and we need to have the biggest win possible. So there's no... Questioning of where America is and uh, on this election.
3: Yeah, what a great take. So,
2: anyways, great speech. Candace Owens uh, talked. Larry Elder uh, just again gave wonderful messages. Uh, And then we went from there. We walked over to the White House and we uh, set out on. We were standing out on the lawn. And actually, you know, one thing I probably am going to say that I think they did wrong on this. Is they really should have had us socially distanced out. I mean, we were packed in like sardines into this little area, all standing up for an hour straight. And now, for me, because I'm 55 and I'm overweight and out of shape, this was, this was tough. <laughs> <laughs> so by then, I'd already walked like three, four miles, or three miles. And, and uh, so I'm standing up for an hour listening to, and then President Trump comes out. But I say this because as massive of a group as it was, we're all packed together. So the media, minimized how many people were there. Had we been even spaced two feet apart in a chair there wouldn't have been room for us on the White House lawn out there. So I think they should have spaced us out just to show how many people there were and specifically to show how many people uh, black Americans and Latino Americans there were in that because the media tended to focus on a couple of the Caucasian. That's the point I wanted to get to is because I see this as as Their movement, I see this as the conservative black American movement, the conservative Latino movement that I was just grateful to be part of. But what was disheartening, and specifically because this happened from people here in Utah, is that there are a couple people that came to this not with, I mean, with good intentions of supporting the police, but not with understanding how significant this movement is for black Americans and for Latino Americans. And I think it undermined the message that was needed to be sent. And uh, so, this particular group of people are a pro police group, which I admire, um, called Thin Blue Lines Unite. And uh, except I question if they really are uniting us because I've had a couple conflicts with this group in the Blue past. Blue Lines
3: Unite Everyone.
2: Blue Lines, yeah, Unite it's, Everyone. It's,
3: it's the acronym B L U E. Okay. Blue lines unite everyone. Yeah,
2: except they're really not uniting everyone, which is unfortunate.
3: Thin blue line. What not that the pregnancy test? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the thin blue line is the, the, the stripe on the flag. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, the, now is being called racist, which is kind of horrible. Yeah. That they're trying, you know, I had Malik, matter of fact. Uh, kind of posted some things, and Malik, for those of you don't know, is a, a friend of mine, but an activist on the other side of this equation. So I shouldn't say, we're actually on the same side, but we take different methods. We both want social justice, we both want some reform, and we want things to be better for all Americans, and specifically Americans that may not have the money to afford... Um, Good attorneys in the and the backing of good families when they're in trouble because our, our judicial system definitely impacts the poor differently than it impacts people with means, so we need to make some corrections there so I, I believe Malik and I are on the same side on that, but we definitely approach it from different directions but uh, so he was putting some derogatory remarks on there, and uh, I said basically saying all these blacks that were out there were race traders and and didn't have a brain and were uh, just very derogatory. And I said, Hey, that's a really racist thing to say that black Americans don't have the ability to think for themselves. And he says, well, you're the one that's called a racist here in Ogden. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, you know, Malik, just because somebody says it doesn't make it so. And same with this thin blue line flag that the police have. So they're trying to say that that's a racist symbol. And so just because someone says it does not make it so, and uh, that is something the police have been able to rally behind. And with with their people, black, white, Hispanic, and et cetera. Um, So anyway, I lost my thought where I was going here. Oh, so this group that came, uh, it was a couple people from Utah, and then they paired in with some people in Washington, D.C. They were all Caucasians, and they were trying to push themselves to the front of every photo op. In the front front line at the White House, front line when we were at the at the park with Brandon Tatum and Candace Owens and Larry Elder and the front line of the march. They kept pushing themselves to be the very front people. And so unfortunately, the media captured that. And those were some of the visual images that were shown. And the Caucasians made up a, a like maybe 15, 20 percent tops of the people were there. Eighty percent of the people were there were people of color and they were there to support our law enforcement. And the message is so much more important coming from people of color on this than it was Caucasians on this particular the march. And uh, so it was really unfortunate, Dallin. And it was kind of sad because it's going to create some division in what we're working on here in Utah.
3: Yeah, you got to do it for the gram. All for the gram all for the instagram attention right
2: <laughs> which is unfortunate because that's it, that's it
3: more it and hurt. more what I see though yeah. is a lot of these social justice warriors want to be social media warriors you yeah. know if they can go and, and attend a rally or, or go to a rally i I'm not, I'm not criticizing them you know I, I think that while their intentions may be good um, I hope they're good you know and their actions um, may reflect otherwise I, I it's an unfortunate side effect of the new kind of um Waves or, or fads, and they're not fads; they're movements. But unfortunately, they come with this whole ability to make yourself really famous, and then eventually get paid off of that. Yeah. Um, Which, know, I, unfortunately,
2: efforts. I think that was the motive of the the person who runs this uh, organization that started here in Ogden, Utah. Is I, I don't know how what the intentions truly are there because because this person was definitely unaware of the impact that she had on this movement because this movement was both supporting the police officers but it was specifically... A black
3: the, movement a supporting. A black Latino yeah.
2: movement, and we, we should have been more observers. I mean, you see the Black Lives Matter movement's been taken over by these uh, college Caucasian I know. kids. get out
3: of the way, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: and, and so we don't want to do the same for on the conservative side we want to be partners in this but we want to be able to to let these people shine and uh and build them up because they're going out there and this is not an easy thing for black conservatives they face backlash within their families they face backlash within their communities their jobs and their friendships and uh and so when when somebody, a black conservative, comes out and is willing to articulate and be brave because it's not an easy thing to do, we should be there to back them up, to welcome them into the party, but to give them a voice.
3: Yeah. I agree. So um, the movement that was there at this rally was Blexit, right? The hashtag Blexit, which is the black exit. Yes. Um, was there speakers that, that talked about that movement? How did the speakers do? I mean, other than President Trump, you know, his his um, his comments were one thing. But how did the speakers do on on the black movement? Were they inspiring talks? Were they uh, based on law enforcement? What, what was it? So, Candace Owens, how, did you, how was her speech?
2: It was really good. And, and, um, and outside, I'm, I'm going to go outside of the main speakers. The people I was inspired by were the people I was marching with and the people that were being interviewed by multiple different me- media services. Uh, organizations out there from
3: all around the country all
2: around the country and you didn't hear their voices actually even though they were interviewed um anyway we're going to be back on the trump tater we're going to wrap up this incredible dc trip and uh talk about a little bit more news of the day on the trump tater
1: The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash joe carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey,
0: K-E-R-R-Y. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code off.
2: Welcome back to the Trump-Tater with Jamie and Dallin. And, oh, uh, it's gone by fast today. <laughs> so yeah. So we still have quite a bit more to talk about. But I didn't realize that this person I was talking about actually posted today on their uh, social media this, this picture that was on the Daily Wire of basically them horning in on this event. And so uh, Sky Christensen and this group just kept pushing themselves through to the front of the lines. And, uh, and again, I mean— if it happened naturally it would be one thing but there's multiple people that saw this continued effort to get out front and center and uh, you know there's just sometimes in life that you you take a seat back and you let the people that paid for your trip there (laughs) in Skye's case uh, be able to send the message that they were wanting to send and that message was that black and Latino people support our law enforcement and when you have a picture like Sky's involved in, it undermines that message that was intended to be sent. Maybe this was intentional, maybe it wasn't, but I mean, for my interactions there, I just don't see the conservative uh, civil rights movement being on Skye's agenda. And so I think it was just totally inappropriate for her to to jump out there in front of this.
3: Yeah, it takes a lot of power away from the main cause of that rally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, in the title, the it backs the blue, You know, there's a there's a specific movement of people that are really not only uprooting their their beliefs, but in a way uprooting, you know, their previous relationships, uprooting their family dynamics, you know, by changing the the way that they vote. Um, and in doing so, you mentioned earlier in the show, it, it takes bravery. You know that some of them to get disowned yeah. by family, or, or you know, have a spouse that sees the other way, or uh, ruins a, some type of relationship in their life, or, or even a job. You know, we've heard about the people that support President Trump. All of a sudden, and you know, the Black Americans that support President Trump and end up losing their job. So, you really take away uh, from the power that a movement like that has. You know, when, yeah. when you when you do you know this actions like that. It,
2: yeah, well, speaking of it, something else happened on the way home, so I'll get into our flight on the way home. Uh, because I wasn't wearing my MAGA hat on the way home. I changed clothes and, and uh, had packed my MAGA hat uh, in a suitcase. But the people that I was with that were people of color, both Latinos and blacks, chose to wear their MAGA hat on the plane. And all of us had our mask on. None of us were being ignorant and like the whole anti-mask thing going on. All of us were being respectful and following the guidelines given in the airplane. But you can drink, you can pull your mask down to drink water or to eat something. So James Sullivan, I'll give a shout out to James Sullivan and Civilized Awakenings, which I'm also a part of, um, was drinking some water. He had his mask pulled down. It was just pulled down over his mouth. And uh, when the stewardess came up to him and said, you know, sir, you got to keep your mask on. And I saw that, and I thought, that's kind of strange. And then there's this Hispanic family that were with us, too, that were kind of behind me. And I saw the waitress talking not the waitress, <laughs> the stewardess—talking <laughs> uh, to them as well. And I thought, well, that's really bizarre. I mean, uh, that, you know, they're being—and so then they came back a second time. And at this time, James actually had his mask fully covering. So—and she came up and said, sir— If we have to tell you three times, you're going to get a card and you won't be able to fly Delta anymore. And I thought, well, that's really, you know, again, I wasn't making this connection of why they're harassing these two groups that I was uh, with. And then they went back and told the Latino family the same thing. And then I thought, oh, it's the MAGA hats. It's the MAGA hats. And uh, so by this time, another stewardess came by and said, hey, this stewardess was really, you know, harassing. You know both of these. I said, "I'm," and I'm sitting here. I don't have MAGA hat on, so I can say, "Yeah, I sat here and witnessed it because I was." They were in front of me, and the other families to the side of me, and uh, I said, "Yeah, it was really bizarre. I've never, you know." So anyway, that particular stewardess did not come around us again throughout that. But uh, again, these were all people of color wearing MAGA hats, and uh, and they were being harassed for it.
3: Yeah, James should have took his shirt off. Right. <laughs> Seems like you're one side or the other. Maybe she would have liked that more. Yeah. Vote.
2: Vote. Take your clothes off. So
3: yes. let, let's talk about the masks, because that was another head. You know, you yeah. made headline news a few times this weekend, Jamie. <laughs> Not you by name, but you by movement.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, your rally while President Trump was speaking, um, your rally was really in danger of all that spewing COVID in the air that was you guys were going to. Uh, you know, catch because no one had masks on. Oh,
2: wait, I'm going to interject one thing because I know where we're going to go with this. Okay. I just want to do a shout-out to our great president because 2,000, 3,000 people out there, and all of a sudden we find out we're having pizza delivered to us, hundreds of boxes of pizza delivered to us, and guess who delivered them? Who? President Trump. Did he really? He did. He's got so much freaking class. I love the guy. But anyway, go ahead.
3: Okay, so let's let's talk about... um, so, uh, huge news that you were you guys weren't mar- wearing masks.
2: We were. Most of us were all wearing masks, by the way.
3: Really? Well, you know, so, we had
2: to wear masks to even go on the White House. But everybody was keeping their masks on. It
3: seemed like CNN had probably. So this is the channel I saw it on, and I yeah. saw it, you know, Sunday morning when I was at the gym, and, and I took 15 minutes and just kind of watched it while I walked. But um, it seemed like they were they did really well. at— pinpointing those in the, in the crowd that didn't have the masks on. Yeah. Um, so either they zoomed in on them or, you know, they panned over a, a group of four or five that weren't wearing them. And, and then the article was that how um, lots of people, little masks. So let's fast forward now. Um, last night, the Los Angeles Lakers win a championship, NBA championship, and the streets of L.A. go wild um, against Mayor Garcetti's uh, um, Advice as well. Yeah, Yeah, he he, he really, you're right, he really heeded that they stay inside and and stay safe. But um, anyway, so thousands of people show up outside the Staples Center in L.A., um, no masks, very little masks, and um, it turns violent. It gets it, even. Even the police report says it started as a mostly peaceful. <laughs> here we go again. A mostly peaceful celebration um, of the L.A. Lakers championship, and it turned confrontational, violent, and destructive. Um, the, the L.A.P.D. releases numbers of what happened at the at the, the celebration, and there was over seventy or seventy six people arrested. Over thirty buildings were damaged, and eight officers were injured. Yeah, um, that's peaceful. So I don't,
2: I don't think one building was damaged. One person was injured or anything happened. You guys our, didn't throw
3: any rocks? No,
2: it, it was totally peaceful. That's a crisis yeah, wasted. A peaceful rally.
3: Yeah. So uh, L.A. Um, it started by people throwing rocks and beer police. bottles at police yeah. officers. At police officers. What does the Lakers championship have to do with police officers?
2: Somebody should have really done a side-by-side comparison of what happened in D.C. with these black and Latino Americans versus what happened in Los yeah. Angeles.
3: Yeah, um, I guess we needed needed some um, reason to be mad, right? It's, it's, I don't know. It's out of control. It's wild. I don't see how a celebration turns like that.
2: Well, you you know what? A tagline needs to be on that, too. What was the viewership down?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: 70%.
3: All-time lows for the NBA Finals.
2: All-time low. So
3: what does the NBA commissioner say? Did you see that press release that he did a few days ago?
2: About they're going to drop it? Yeah,
3: next year there's going to be no politics in in NBA. Yeah. Because of the blowback that they don't want. You mean the money you lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it was about the message... Then the money wouldn't be an issue, right? We're gonna support this message because it's what's right, mm-hmm. not because it's what makes us rich.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that lasted for all of what, three months?
3: <laughs> this season. <laughs> yeah, well, we started what, the end of July, so. About three months or so of yeah. basketball, and
2: so that was technically last year's season that wrapped up this summer. Yeah. so now we're about to start a new season.
3: New season's about to start,
2: and uh, and no politics involved. Why? I, I think the damage has been done.
3: Isn't? Aren't we still facing the same crisis? Isn't yeah. LeBron James still scared?
2: To go out on the to streets. To go out on yeah. the streets
3: as a black so man. So
2: you were asking me about Candace Owens and the messages given there. So, again, I'm going to—it was the people, the everyday people from Chicago or Pennsylvania or Texas, and their message, and their message was one of positivity. There was one lady I have to say, though, she had a loud voice, and there was a few white liberal people that were giving us the finger, and she let them have it and said— I don't know if I can say this on TV, uh, on radio, but basically she went over and they said, we're not listening to your white liberal vit. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you already said vaginas this yeah. episode. Yeah, okay, I'd say just okay, go for okay. it. Okay,
2: so we're not listening to you white liberal bitches anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it's like. Brian's
3: <laughs> over there editing like a madman.
2: So anyway. <laughs> Silence. This, it, it really let people have it on that. But uh, for the most part, they were just, you know. Very positive of where America is, their love for America, their love for our law enforcement, and uh, it was inspiring. It was an incredible weekend. I'm so grateful as part of that.
3: Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy for you, Jamie. I'm glad that you got to experience something like that, and I'm I'm gl- grateful that you get to come back and tell us about it. Um, I just I'm appreciative of of our law enforcement, especially here locally. And um, this weekend, or excuse me, this Friday, we have a good guest coming on the show that fits this. It's the um, Randy Watt, the chief of police here in Ogden City. So, it's going to be a really good episode, and we get to kind of continue this message with a man that wears the badge. We'll be back with the Trump Data Podcast tomorrow.